Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse number 1. Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse number 1. Now Jericho was shut up. Because of the children of Israel, no one went in and no one came out. The Lord sent Joshua and said, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, its mighty men of valor. For ye shall march around this city, all ye men of war, and ye shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear the seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day ye shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it came to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all of the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall flat, and the people shall go in every man straight before him. Verse number, go down to verse number 10. Verse number 10, Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circled the city, going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of the ram horns, before the ark of the Lord went on continually, blowing the trumpets. And the armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once, and returned to the camp, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early about the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. And on that day, only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened that when the priests blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord had given you the city. This morning, just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, possessing the new land, possessing the new land. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that uh, you have given us the ability to come together to learn and glean from your word. Open up our ears and our hearts that we may hear from you, and we won't fail to praise you for it. And everyone shouted, amen. Can you shout that with me? Possessing the new land. I'm going to shout it really loud. Possessing the new land. All right, the book of Joshua is a familiar book to all of us. It is a book of conquest. Joshua is anointed of the Lord to lead the people of Israel from the land of bondage in conjunction with Moses and to bring them in to the new land that God had promised them. That is the promised land. So the book of Joshua is all about him bringing the people into the land that God had promised Moses. Moses never got to go into the land, and most of those people died off, and they never saw the new land. But Joshua and this new generation has a new opportunity. They have a new adventure in front of them. They have a new opportunity to go in and to possess a land. It is a new season for them, 
and it is a new destiny for them. Now let me remind you that the book of Joshua deals with obstacles and it deals with opposition. And I want to make sure that you understand the difference between them both. Opposition and uh, obstacles. We all face obstacles and God can, God does remove the obstacles from our life. But he does not remove opposition. I'll, I'll say that again. I'll, I'll let it sink in because it's really important you get this. God removes obstacles, but he doesn't remove opposition. Opposition is for our benefit. Opposition is the price tag of his favor. He will remove obstacles, but there will always be opposition if you are living in God's plan and desire. So opposition is not of the enemy. Opposition is not something that we need to pray against. If you are doing what God wants you to do, most likely there is going to be some sort of opposition against you. God said to Joshua, I want you to march around these walls six times, and on the seventh time, on the seventh day, I want you to shout for the walls are going to come down. You see, God removed the obstacles so they can get there, but there was opposition. There was a wall there, but they had to do something. So opposition will come in your life, but that does not mean you're doing something wrong. It just means you're doing something right. So ladies and gentlemen, Joshua is facing some walls of opposition from the enemy. And God gave him a clear, clear mandate that this is what I want you to do. You see, Jericho was the major city that was blocking them for them to get into the promised land. Jericho was a fortified city. It had walls that was 12 to 15 feet high in the air. Nobody had ever conquered Jericho. Nobody uh, was willing to conquer Jericho because Jericho had a fortified city with 12 to 15 feet high walls and the enemy was vicious. So nobody had the guts to go against Jericho. But God said to the people of God, in order for you to possess the land, you're going to have to go through the enemy and get to the land that I've promised you. You know what? It reminds me of us, Christ Point. It reminds us. We've had obstacles moving here and we've had opposition, but that doesn't mean that we're not in the plan and the perfect plan of God. Sometimes opposition comes when you're in the plan of God, but I got good gospel news for all of us this morning. We can go ahead and shout because God has given us the city. Can I hear an amen? God has given us the city. So they said, what I want you to do, I, I, this is the plan. Now don't lose me. It's very important you stay with me. He said, because if you read the scripture right, then you will see that if we're not careful, we've read the story wrong. The instruction was this. Every day for six days, I want you to march around the walls. I want you to march for six days around the wall, and I want you to be quiet. Don't say a word for six days. March every day for six days around Jericho. On the seventh day, when you get up early on the seventh day, then you need to march six times around the walls, and on the seventh time, on the seventh day, you need to shout. So they didn't march just seven times, they marched over 12 times. Joshua fought the battle of... Come on, sing it with me. Joshua fought the battle of... And the walls came what? And they didn't march just seven you see, that's what happens when you just skim over the, this chapter here. 
they marched much more than seven times. Now, get this. The plan was six days you are to march around the walls and you're to be quiet. On the seventh day, you are to march six times around the walls, but on the seventh time, on the seventh day, you are to shout. And when you shout on the seventh time, on the seventh day, God's going to cause the walls to come down. They shouted on the seventh day. Now, I like to shout and I like to praise the Lord and I think that it, I think it, it, it's important as people of God and children of God for us to always remember there should be a praise in our mouth. We should never come to church and, and, and think that the church needs to move us to praise. You know that God has done so much for you, you should have an innate desire to praise God. David said, let everything that's within you praise God. If he's ever healed you, you have an opportunity to praise God. If he's ever saved you, you've got an opportunity to praise God. If he's ever provided for you, he, you've got an opportunity to praise God. If you've got breath in your body and you got up this morning, got yourself dressed and got yourself in the car and drove yourself to church, you've got an opportunity to lift your hands and praise God. How dare us sit on our padded seats this morning and think we don't got a reason to praise God. We got every reason in the world to praise God. Whether you voted for Hillary or whether you voted for Trump, it don't matter. We still live in the greatest country of the world. Let's make church great again. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Let praise be in the walls of this place. But you see, a Sunday shout without a transformed life means nothing. If all you do is shout on Sunday and you don't got a transformed life on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, it absolutely means nothing. But a transformed life coupled with praise produces power. You never can measure somebody's Christianity because of their shout. Never. But shouting is good. Praise is good. But that's not the only element in Christianity. Now, I want to just quickly tell you three things. I'm so excited about this, okay? Three things that I found in this scripture that I think is important. Did you notice that these people had to show up and march? And the very first thing I want you to see in this story is, number one, you've got to show up. Now, that may not be correct English, but I'm just talking homeboy here, okay? So you just got to show up. Everybody say, you've got to show up. And, and what do I mean by that? Listen, if you want the wall to come down, you've got to show up at the wall. <laughs> you've got to show up. You see, in order for God to do something in your life, you've got to show up. And what happens in Christianity when life is bad and life is not going the way you think it should do? We want to stay in bed and cover up and not go to church and not go to work and not face the day we don't want to show up. But this story is a prime example that if you want your wall to fall in your life, you've got to get up and show up and be at the wall, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to be there. You see, if you're going to avoid situations in your life, that is what we call being a coward. But being courageous means that you show up and you face things even when it's ugly. Can you imagine how these people felt? Can you imagine that these people 
listened to Joshua, and Joshua said, get up and march around these walls six times, and on the seventh time, on the seventh day, you're going to march six more times and shout on the seventh time. Can you imagine what these people were thinking? They got up, got dressed, got their babies in the stroller, you know, everybody took a shower, everybody's rushing to get out there early in the morning, and they're marching around the walls, and I can just imagine what they're thinking. I'm marching here, and ain't nothing happening. I've marched, and it's Thursday. You would think by Thursday, a brick would fall off of that wall. But I have been marching every day around these walls, and it ain't happening. But you know what God was teaching them? God was teaching them, you got to show up even when things ain't happening your way. You got to show up even when things are getting ugly. You got to face the enemy even though you don't want to be there. If you want the wall to come down, you got to be there. If you want to convert your coworker, you got to show up to work. If you come on somebody, if you want to walk in divine healing, don't miss your doctor's appointment. You got to show up. Don't avoid things. Well, I just wish the church would use me. Do you ever show up to church? How faithful are you? I just wish pastor would use me more. Are you faithful? Are you a tither? Do you show up? Because the first thing that happens in ministry, you got to show up. You can't stay home and avoid things. Listen, you've got to show up. And, and the, the greater challenge here is that as they were marching around the walls, it was the custom for Jericho to put their enemy on the wall. So can you imagine? They're all pushing their babies, and they're all marching around the walls, and the enemy is on the wall, and they're looking down, smoking their cigarettes, carrying their guns, saying to themselves, look at these bunch of idiots marching around these walls six times. Ain't nothing happening. Can you imagine what the children of Israel felt looking up and seeing the enemy up there? God was saying, what, I want, what I'm trying to teach you is I'm not trying to teach you to look at your enemy. I want your enemy to look at you. I want your enemy to know you ain't afraid of him. I want your enemy to know you're not going to stay home. I want your enemy to know that you're courageous. I want your enemy to know that you're going to persevere until God does something in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, the first thing in the battle is you've got to show up. You've got to show up. Avoiding situations in life, if you want God to do something in your family, show up to the family reunion. Don't avoid things. I've seen people all my life avoid people. I'll just go down the other aisle. I won't speak to them. No, 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 no. You, the mark of maturity is learning how to show up and respond right even when your enemy... Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. The enemy was on the wall looking at the children of Israel, making fun of them, taunting them. But you know what the children of Israel thought? You may have your guns. You may have your weaponry. But we have the ark of God. 
and the ark of God is circling around the walls. We got power. We got God. We got persistence. And all you got is machinery. I want to let you know today, ladies and gentlemen, all the enemy could do was talk because God was preparing his people as they marched around the walls. God was preparing his people to achieve one of the greatest victories that they've ever experienced in their life. God was saying to them, the first thing you need to understand is you've got to show up if you want the enemy to be afraid of you. Now what would have happened if these people just stayed home? The enemy would have thought to themselves, you see, they're a bunch of cowards. Show up. They showed up at the wall. Number two, you've got to be quiet. Did, did you hear what the Bible said? Did we, did we see it? Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 10. Joshua 6, verse 10. Look at the words of Joshua. Now Joshua commanded the people saying, Ye shall not shout, or make any noise with your voice, nor shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout. So guess what they had to do? For six days, this is funny, six days, they had to march around the walls, and Joshua said, you can't say anything. You've got to be quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, the, first, the second secret to victory in your life is that sometimes we've got to learn to keep our mouth shut. Everything you think should not be said. And everything you think should not be posted on Facebook. I always want to harp on that until I see a church grow up and quit putting stuff on Facebook. Uh, thank you, Kathy. At least one person agrees with me. Everything you think should not be posted on Facebook. I'm going to say that again. Thank you for the balcony. I said, everything you believe shouldn't be posted on Facebook. I'm going to say it one more time, and everybody that's disgruntled at me could agree, are you? Everything you believe shouldn't be posted on Facebook. And you know why it shouldn't be posted on Facebook? Because nobody really cares what you think. Really, if you want to get down to it, people really just don't care. People just vent, and people really don't care. They just like the drama. They like to see people get in an argument on Facebook. So everything you think shouldn't be said. God said, when you march around Jericho, I want you to remain quiet. Now, isn't this interesting? The enemy is talking, and Jericho has to be quiet, or, or Israel has to be quiet. Jericho is talking, and Israel is quiet. Now, stop here. Did y'all get that? Jericho is talking and Israel is quiet. The enemy is talking on the wall and the city's talking. Can you imagine Jericho women taking their children to school in the morning and as they're taking children to school, you see a bunch of people at the walls marching around. They can hear them marching. And can you imagine the conversation that they're having inside the walls? Little boys and girls saying, Mama, I hear somebody marching around the walls. Don't worry about that, baby. That's just those bunch of illiterate, 
Israelites. They think that they can, they, they think they can tear our walls down, but our walls have never been defeated. We have been here for years, and not one enemy has ever torn down our walls. We got a secure army. Our army is fortified. We got weaponry. We got machinery. There's nothing for you to worry today because nobody is getting into the walls of this city. The enemy was talking. But God said, Israel, shut your mouth. March six times around this wall. But God, why ain't the walls coming down? Just be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. But Lord, the enemy's making fun of us. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. But Lord, I hear everybody talking. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut because what I'm getting ready to do is going to be much bigger than what Jericho could ever think. Come on, somebody. Because what I'm getting ready to do is going to come from heaven and it's not going to come from your words. It's not going to come from what you can do and what you can say. What I'm getting ready to do is coming from heaven. Got to be quiet. Don't say a word. And Israel, march around those walls. For six days, they marched. Monday, they had to be quiet. Tuesday, they marched and they were quiet. Wednesday, they marched and they were quiet. Thursday, they marched and they were quiet. Friday, they marched and they were quiet. Saturday, they were marched and they were quiet. And every day they were marching, they couldn't say a word, and the enemy was talking. The enemy was teasing them. The enemy was taunting them with their words. Do you remember what Isaiah the prophet said? that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment, it shall be condemned. You see, I could just imagine those children of Israel, as they were marching, they remember the words of the prophet, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment, it will be condemned. You may talk, and you may shoot, and you may do everything you want to do, but God is with us. The ark of God is going before us. The presence of God is going before us. The power of God is going before us. My God, church, if God be for us, then who can be against us? They marched with power. They marched with tenacity. They marched with the fervency and the unction of God, knowing that God was getting ready to give them the city. But you've got to be quiet. How many of our problems could we have avoided if you would just be quiet? And wait on God. Wait on God. Well, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. That's why we don't have no mind. We give him too many pieces out. Come on, somebody. Y'all know I love you, right? But, you know, you're not called... You've got to show up if you want God to do something. Not only do you got to show up, you've got to be quiet. And then number three, number three, you've got to keep going on. Now, now, now get this. You've got to keep going on. Get up, get dressed, put your babies in the stroller, pack your lunch, because y'all ain't going to go home because you got to march six times. So you just get up. Now, listen, we're talking about three million Jews. Okay, so 
one time marching around the walls, that takes a long time. Three million Jews marching around the whole city is not a 20-minute activity. Get up, get yourself dressed, put your baby in the stroller, pack your peanut butter and cheese, come on, peanut butter and jelly, get some stick cheese, get your yogurt, get your little bag lunch, because we have to get up early. You can't sleep in, you got to get up early, and you got to march around walls. Now think about it. Three million Jews marching around the walls and they were quiet on Monday morning. They all go home, get up Tuesday, get their lunch, get their babies ready, and three million of them march around the walls again and they were quiet. The enemy's talking, the city's talking, they're laughing at them, but they remember the word of the Lord. They follow their leader. Just march. Keep on marching. Don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut. Keep marching. Keep marching. Wednesday, they got up, got their baby dressed, got their bag lunch. Three million of them marched again. Didn't say anything. They couldn't even say anything to anybody. They just had to march. Couldn't have a conversation. Not even a word, Joshua said. Just march. Keep your mouth shut. Do you know what the enemy was thinking? These crazy lunatics. They're not even talking down there. These crazy lunatics, all you can hear is the their feet. Every day, the enemy heard the Israelites march around those walls. They didn't say a word, but those footsteps were anointed because God was getting the ground prepared for the ground to shake and for the walls to come tumbling down. God was getting ready to do a miracle beyond their imagination because everything you need in life is just obedience. It sounds stupid, it sounds ridiculous, but I'm obeying the word of the Lord and I'm keep marching, keeping my mouth shut. By Friday morning, you know somebody was getting aggravated. You know somebody didn't want to get up and get dressed. You know somebody got aggravated and said, I've been marching around these walls for five days. Sounds like the church today. I've been tithing for three weeks and God didn't do nothing. I've been going to church for a month and I'm still living in hell. Come on, you got to keep marching. you got to keep going. Saturday, ain't nothing happening. You know they're getting aggravated, and you know the enemy is laughing more and more. The enemy is saying, huh, six days y'all been marching, ain't nothing happening, you're God. Not helping. Can you imagine the mental torment these people were in? Can you imagine? Not only getting up early in the morning with your children, marching with three million Jews, but when the bright sun came out, you had no shade, but you had to march in your sweat, and you had to march in the heat of the day, being quiet, not able to say one word. But early, 
on the seventh day. Joshua said, it's going to be a long day, folks. Because you're going to have to march not one time. You're going to have to march seven times in one day. You're going to have to march six times being quiet on the seventh day. And on the seventh time, I want you to give the biggest shout you could give because God is going to give us the city. So they got up early that morning because they knew it was going to be a long day that day. And for six times, they marched around the walls of the city being quiet. They marched and they marched and they marched. It reminds me of what Paul says, to be steadfast and immovable and unshakable in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These people kept going. They kept going in spite of opposition. They kept going in spite of every obstacle. They kept going in spite of the words of the enemy because they hung on to the promise of the Lord that on the seventh time, on the seventh day, when you give a shout, the walls are going to come down. Now listen, if, if God just wanted the walls to come down, if that was his plan, then all they needed to do was shout on the first day. That wasn't God's plan. God's plan wasn't just for the walls to come down. If that was the plan, that would have happened on the first day. God was saying, in this process, I'm trying to teach you a few things. Maybe God's plan is to deliver you, but before He delivers you, He teaches you a few things. Maybe God's plan is not just to rescue you out of everything, but maybe God's plan is to do a work in you and through you and teach you some things before the miracle actually happens. God was doing something in the children of Israel, and on the seventh day, they got up and they begin to march. And the Bible says, on the seventh day, they begin to shout. Are you all with me? They begin to shout and the Bible says, and the walls came tumbling down. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me that God always keeps His word. If God said He was going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, He's going to do it. They begin to give a shout. The Bible says they gave a shout and the walls came tumbling down. Do you know theologians say that when they did archaeological evidence in, Israel, in Jericho, they found that the walls came down straight into the earth. Because if the walls would have came this way, it would have killed all of the children of Israel. So if it would have fell forward, the three million Jews would have died. But God was so unique in the miracle that according to archaeological evidence and according to reason, when you read this scripture, that when they begin to shout on the seventh day, the walls actually just came tumbling down into the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what God, that's the type of God that we serve. We serve a God that when he does something, it's not messy. 
When God does something, it's organized. When God does something, it's in order. But God will always get the praise. He will always get the honor. And He will always get the glory. And I've come all the way from Annie Baxter to let somebody know today, I don't care what the enemy has told you. I don't care what the lies you are believing from the enemy. We still serve a God who can tear down the walls in your life. We still serve a God who, who can do miracle after miracle in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a delivering God. We serve a bondage breaker. We serve a God who can make a way out of no way. We serve a God today that can make the impossible possible. Are you listening to me today? What seemed impossible for them was simply a possibility for God. No matter what you're facing today, I want to remind you that if God did it for Joshua, God can do it for you. The same God that did it for them is the same God that can do it for you. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. We serve a miracle working God. We serve a God that can tear down the walls in your life. Hallelujah. In the valley, he is the lily of the valley. On the mountain, he is the bright and morning star. When the thorns of life are pressing in, he is the rose of Sharon. To the cold and hungry, he is the bread of life. To the desolate and forsaken, he is the shepherd that leaves the ninety-nine and goes after the one. To the lonely and to the friendless, he is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. To him that is defeated, he is the victory that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. We serve a miracle working God. Don't you let anybody tell you anything else. Don't you let the world, don't you let secularism and humanism tell you that we don't serve a God who can perform the impossible. I've seen it since I was a little boy, how God has turned around marriages and turned around relationships, how he has healed people and brought people out of the deathbed because that's the God that we serve. Do you believe it? I said, do you believe it? I said, do you believe it this morning? Is there a praise in the building that God is going to give us the city? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. Shout for the Lord has given us the city. I said, shout for the Lord has given us the city. Shout for the Lord has given us the city. Is there anybody in the building that, uh, that has a shout in the building this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The walls came tumbling down. What can you learn from this story? You learn you've got to show up. You can't stay home. You can't be a coward. You can't give up. You can't just throw in the towel and say it's not worth it. You've got to show up. You say, Pastor, my job is horrible. Show up. The doctor said, what? show up to the doctor's office. The church hurt me. Show up to the church. Show up. Because in order for the wall to come down, they had to be at the wall. You've got to be quiet sometimes. You've got, you got to keep your mouth shut. Don't answer to ignorance all the time. Keep your mouth shut. The Bible says Mary pondered these things in her heart. She didn't even open and say anything to anybody. She just pondered them in her heart. Number three, you've got to keep going. You got to keep persevering. You say, Pastor, but I prayed last week and I've heard nothing. Get up, pray again. But, but I went to the prayer line and they prayed for me, nothing happened. Get in the prayer line this morning again and let's pray again. 
but I gave last week and nothing happened. I want you to give again. You say, but the church hurt me. Uh, uh, let's go again. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, but, 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 Pastor, it's not worth it anymore. Listen, if the story teaches us anything, it teaches us you've got to keep going spite of what the enemy says. Keep believing. Hallelujah. Well, somebody, I feel good this morning. Is this all right? I preach what I felt was on my heart today for you. I'm challenging. What, what, what do you have to do as a result of what I've said this morning? This is what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you and challenging you to go a little further and keep going. I'm asking you to let the Lord fight your battle and not try to fight it yourself and try to defend yourself and try to talk your way out of things. Let the Lord take care of it. And I'm challenging you this morning to show up. To show up at those difficult situations. Show up at those difficult meetings. Show up at that difficult places. Instead of avoiding it, show up to those places. And let God fight your battle for you. Hallelujah.